0: Thank you. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. Today we're going to look at the words kindness and goodness. And let me begin with an illustration. True story there was a man who worked at a, a, a grocery store, and his job was to be the checker. And what was so interesting about this man in this diverse community was how kind he was to everyone. People would literally, in the long lines of a grocery store, would want to wait in line to go through his checkout line. And what was so interesting was that he would look at people and he would acknowledge them and he'd find something good to say about them. And people were just so touched by this man. Well, one day, a young mom came in with four kids and she did not know who this man was. But she experienced such goodness and kindness from him. And so, as he was stand, she was standing in line with her kids and the four kids, you know, as you can imagine. Many of you mothers and fathers know or are just doing what kids do in grocery stores. The mother was frazzled. She was embarrassed. She felt bad. And the checker just said to her, Honey, you are doing the best job with those kids. Those kids look like they are loved. I just want to say, keep doing it. You're doing great. And she was like, After that, she always went back to that checker. On a particular time, the checker fell over dead and died. And the grocery store was absolutely broken. People came into the store in mourning and didn't know what to do or what to say. At this man's funeral, hundreds of people Who just talked to him for a minute or two in a check hall line, went to his funeral. All the co-workers did, and they wept for a good and kind man. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness. I have slide number three. Let me give you the definitions for kindness and goodness. It might surprise you. The word for kindness that St. Paul uses here is only used three times in Scripture. It is literally, it is an ability to serve others practically in a way which makes you vulnerable, which comes come from a deep inner security. That's what the checker did in the checker line. So kindness is not necessarily specific acts, it's more, it is a desire and ability to serve. Okay, the next one, goodness. Goodness, used only 20 times in scripture. It's being the same person in every situation, whether a phony or a hypocrite. So back, one slide, kindness is what? An ability to serve others practically and vulnerably. What's goodness? It's being the same person in every situation. So let me tell you two two sentences that I've thought about all week long. They go like this. And I'd like you to think, I'm gonna ask myself this. Would you ask yourself this? Two questions. Kevin, how would I be with people if Kevin, you were Jesus? So let me ask you, how would you be with people if you were Jesus? Different question, how would you be with people if they were Jesus? You see, goodness and kindness looks like Jesus. So what I've been trying to say to you together over these last weeks is the gifts of the Spirit are given to us by the Lord. But the fruit of the Spirit is cultivated It is nurtured. So the sentence I've been using is word filling plus spirit filling leads to fruit bearing. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Let's look at this a second. Could you open your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 10? And I'm going to. I'd like to teach you just something that we've, we talk about a lot around here, but I'd like to just go for it one more time. I'm gonna talk about Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina is an ancient term. It's a way to read Scripture. And oftentimes, I find myself reading Scripture because I'm preparing a message. I'm trying to memorize something. I'm just, I'm going, you know, I'm going through it relatively quickly. With Lectio Divina, you read it slowly. You read it out loud several times, and you let the Holy Spirit to bring to your attention a word or a phrase. So we were in Milwaukee taking care of our grandchildren for a week, and um, I had a verse just running through my my head, and then a word. This is the verse. Without holiness, no one sees the Lord. Hebrews 12, 14. Well, as I thought about that word, that little verse, the word see kept popping up. See, S-E-E. And then I began to read Luke 10 because that's the passage for this morning. Would you look with me for the word see? Could you look at Luke chapter 10? And let's look at verse 23. Chapter 10, verse 23. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see Did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Look at the word see now. Can I just give you the bigger picture? Look at chapter 10, verse 18. I saw Satan fall like lightning. Verse 21 and I revealed to them to see, let them see little children. Yes, Father, this is what you're pleased to do. Verse 23 see what you see, verse 24, see what you see, verse 24, see. Now go down to verse 20, 31. A priest happened to go down the same road and saw, verse 32. So to a Levite, when he came to the other palliative place, saw him, verse 33. And when the Samaritans saw him, he took pity on him. Now would you look up for a second? What I'm asking you to do this morning is to join me in in trying to think about the word see. Do you see Jesus? And I'm going to show you in Luke 10, but let me flip it now. If you are, so the word Christian means what? Little, little Christ. So where you go, wherever you go, you call yourself a Christian Who are people seeing? A little? So if you cultivate the fruit of the Spirit, what do people see? A person from whom there is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control, and they can see it. Question? If you lived your past week in front of you and as the people you worked with, lived with, played with, would they have seen Jesus in you? They push. If they don't, would you ask yourself, am I actually a follower of Jesus? People should see in us Love. People should experience from us joy and peace and patience. Remember now, the gifts are given, but the fruit is cultivated. So let's go along this story, and I want you to help me. Let's look and try to see Jesus in Luke chapter ten, starting at verse twenty-five. On one occasion, and I'm going to teach you through it. We're going to stop, and I'm going to teach you through it. On one occasion, an expert in the law came up, came, in, <laughs> slow down, Kevin. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Okay, now let's stop right there. Here's the posture in this day. And just, just so you know, my scholarship for this week, I'm going to reference a whole bunch of places. So much of my studying recently as I prepare for these messages coming uh, three and four centuries ago from Middle Eastern scholars. I'm looking at Bedouin, Aramaic people from the Middle East who understand Scripture from that perspective rather than than a Western European one. So here's the first thing I want you to see. It says, he stood. What's the posture in that day for a rabbi and a student? The rabbi would sit, and the students would be sitting around listening. When a student wanted to ask a question, a student would stand before the rabbi to ask a question. What's he doing here? He's manning up on Jesus. He's testing Jesus. He is right in his face. Now that should give you a little clue. Something's going on in this story. What's going on in the story? What is, what, is, what is Jesus trying to teach us here? Next verse. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's talking about life after he dies. What is written in the law, Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now let me stop again. In a previous chapter, what did Jesus do to those two verses? In the book of Leviticus, which comes first, the text says, love your neighbor as yourself. What comes in Deuteronomy? Love the Lord your God with heart and soul and mind and strength. What did Jesus do? You love God first, and you love your neighbor second. So the teacher or the student heard that. So look at Jesus' response to him. He says, good, good. He says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. And the word justify lit us to be, I want to be eternally secure. So what does that mean? So he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Remember now the posture, here's the posture. It's right here. He's manning up on Jesus. Okay, who is my neighbor? Tell me, come on big guy, tell me, who's my neighbor? So Jesus responds with goodness and kindness. Look what he says. Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. Let's stop a second. Jerusalem is here. Jericho is here. It's a dangerous journey. If you, today, you, if you go to Israel, you can literally walk this road. It is a narrow road. It is a long way down. Jericho is kind of like an oasis. It's a beautiful place. So the priests in this day, many of them lived in Jericho. You worked two weeks at the temple in Jerusalem. So the priest had walked from Jericho to Jerusalem, served, and now he's going home. What does it say? And as the man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, away, leaving him half dead. Now, you're going to see something sequentially. In Hebrew, the writers often do one plus one Plus one equals three. So what you're going to typically, what the hearers would hear in the story is there was a priest. That's one. Two, there was a Levite. Three, they were expecting what? A Jewish layman. That's what they're expecting. One plus one plus one. The Hebrews often wrote and spoke sequentially. So look what happens in the story. Verse 31, a priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So why? So we often say things like, well, he was busy and unclean. But let me just expand this some more from a Bedouin tradition. As he was walking down to Jericho, he sees this man who may be dead. So if he touches them, he's unclean. What's the problem with that? Let's talk Money. You know how the priest got paid? The priest got to take food from the sacrificial time in Jerusalem and take. So we had worship together. Here, here's, you give an offering, I take a cut. That's how the priest got paid. So if, if he was leaving and he sees a dead guy, he can't take any food and his family does not eat. Well, he's thinking, ooh, if I touch, or touch this dead body, my family's not going to eat. Well, there's more to the story. In that day, if a priest touched a dead body, the Orthodox would take clubs and beat him to death. You could not touch a dead body. So he's not going to get paid. His family's not going to eat. He might die. And maybe he's tired of working in Jerusalem for two weeks. So he walks by. That's one who's next? Who shows up next? Next comes a Levite. And what does the text tell us? Uh, verse 32, so to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. Now, why did he pass on the other side? Watch this. This Levite probably served with whom? The priest. So the priest is the Puba. The Levite's the underba. He says, my boss ain't touching that body. If I touch that body, how's my boss going to be if I'm doing different than him? How's my boss going to respond if I don't respond to the, the rules and regulations? What happens if I become unclean? So what does he do? He passes by. Priest, Levite, and now the hearers are going to think, okay, now comes a Jewish layman. What happens? Next verse. Verse 32 Leave it passed by 33, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and saw him and took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, and the phrase has pity means to have great compassion. He, pitied, he had pity on him, he bandaged his wounds, he poured on oil and wine. He put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. So now the listeners are going, okay, priest, Levite, crap. (laughs) They F-bombed each other for 400 years. They hated each other, Jews and Samaritans, hated each other. So Jesus tells a story about the Samaritan. Now, let me try to put it in context for you. And I, and I, so this, I don't want to be offensive, but let me just tell you using the illustration given me by a Jew, a Bedouin scholar of 200 years ago. He said, imagine in America, he's comparing this story to us 200 years ago in the wild, wild west. Can you imagine if a pastor walked past a body, and then an elder walked past a body, and then a Native American stopped for the body. And then the man on the ground's back were two arrows. How do you think it would be if an American Indian took a cowboy with two arrows on his back, put it on a horse or donkey, and walked into Dodge City? What do you think all the white people in Dodge City would have thought? How would they have responded when this guy with arrows in his back shows? No, it gets crazier. He goes to an inn. He finds a place. The Indian finds a place for the white man and pays for him for two weeks. What would have happened all night long? Do you think the whole town would have been gathered outside this inn? Did you hear what happened? Some Native American got this. Can you imagine the stories that were flying? In the morning, he pays the innkeeper, and then he walks out. Can you imagine the reception he got when he walked out? Now, do you understand how crazy the story is? And the people listening are going, this can't be true. This can't be. Well, now watch. Here's my word. Who does Jesus want them to see? Who's the Samaritan? It's Jesus. All the ancient famous fathers for centuries said the Samaritan is Jesus. So look what happens next. Verse 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell to the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, he couldn't even say, Samaritan, the one who had mercy. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. May I have slide number uh, five again? Here's a sentence that I've been spinning on for almost two weeks. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Remember, not holy. Go back to... September, October, November of last year. Holy means to be loving, to will the good of others. Without loving, the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. No one will see the Lord. So, in this passage, 10 times, Dr. Luke puts the word see. 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 See who? See Jesus. As we cultivate the fruit of the Spirit, people see Jesus. Another illustration. Hamam. Goes to parent-teacher conferences, alone to talk to a teacher about her child. While she is there, another mom comes in with four little kids, kind of like the grocery store. And the kids are, you know, like little kids are, full of energy and full of joy and stinkers and all mixed together, right? All of that. The woman's walking in. This woman sees her and notices all her shoes. Both shoes are untied. So this woman walks over to this mother with four kids and says, may I tie your shoes? And with the kids screaming, she ties the mother's shoes. What is that? That is goodness and kindness. Who did this mother see? She saw Jesus. As we live our lives without holiness, without love, let me remember, four words for love. The word we're talking about is akapao. It is to will and do the good of another. Let me give you definitions one more time. Can I have slide three and then four? What is kindness? It is an ability to serve others practically in a way that makes you vulnerable. Getting on your knees, out of school, tying feet, shoes. Next slide, what is goodness? It's being the same person in every situation. Let's talk about the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. So the priest, on Sunday morning, is very priestly, talking about Jesus, Jesus, and then is an idiot the rest of the week. The elder, very serious and loves God, and and then at work, Just cusses like a sailor, and diminishes men or women opposite gender in his workplace. And then you've got a yahoo, someone you just hate, you just don't like how they live and are, and that person is the same here or there. At last service, I asked people, where could we be good and kind this week? A man named Kevin, sitting in the back row by the Forsyth, yelled out, at the caucuses. Listen now, how you are in this room right now is better be how you are at caucus night. Yes? Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, so now follow me. Last slide, please. Word-filling, spirit-filling, leads to fruit bearing. I, I, don't, I, I wanna just keep inviting you. Somehow letting the words of Scripture become part of you. Would you listen to it, someone reads it to you, 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 you view it, somehow get the words to come. Word filling, just, just, just simple phrases. The Lord is my shepherd. Real quick. I've been, uh, I've been studying something called mindfulness. There's a tremendous amount of research coming out about our brains. I've been talking about this for about four years now. But mindfulness is so interesting because you can literally change how you think by practicing M-I-N-D-F-U-L-N-E-S-S, mindfulness. So here's a simple way to practice mindfulness. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, Fill me. What you begin to do in breath prayers is get refocused. And so if you have a word of Scripture, the Lord is my shepherd, there's the word filling, spirit filling, Holy Spirit, fill me. All of a sudden, you become mindful. And your mind starts to think differently. And what does the Scripture say? As we think So we are. We think differently because the word fills us, the spirit fills us, and then what does Jesus do? He helps us have his character. So wherever you go, you are loving. You bring joy. You have peace. Let me, really quick, oh my. Um, Real quick, slide six, then slide seven. So what I tried to do, if goodness and kindness are these, 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 these aspects of fruit. This is what I saw in the passage and I compared them back and forth. You can compare humility with arrogance or being present or being absent, to be selfless or selfish, to be open-handed or to manipulate, to be authentic or hypocritical, to have faith or fear, to be generous or to be stingy. What does it look like in practical life? Can I have slide seven? This is a book entitled... Uh, Oh boy, treasure the people in front of you. How to, I can't remember the subtitle. Here it is. This is what she suggests. Hold a posture of humility. I don't know if the memorized them all. Let's give you a sense here. A posture of humility. Ask questions to learn. What did Jesus do in this passage? He asked this guy who was trying to man up on him. Jesus, in all humility, the rabbi, says to this manned-up lawyer, so how do you read the text of Scripture? Look at the humility, and he asks a question, and then he's quiet to listen. He actually listened. Stand in the awkward. This guy is acting like an idiot to Jesus. Can you imagine someday when this guy stands before the Jesus, the king, You think he's going to be manning up on Jesus? I guarantee you, he'll be on his face. And he'll be saying, Jesus is Lord. Whether he wants to or not, he will. How about staying in the awkward? To be good and kind means we often find ourselves in awkward situations. Accept what is. It's difficult. It's awkward. It's hard. Lighten up. Just lighten up and give freely. This is what I think, what it means to be good and to be kind. So let me just ask, can I have slide eight? Can we just take a couple minutes? I've been water hosing you and I'm running so fast in my mind I can hardly get the words out. So forgive me for being a crappy communicator this morning. But can we have some conversation with each other? If you're comfortable, if you choose. Where could you flourish this week if you were kind? and good. Could you name a situation? So I'm doing two things here. I'm inviting us to talk about Jesus in church. And I'm asking you to be a little bit accountable. Where could you be kind and good this week? So Brent's going to play some quiet, pretty music. If you want to take a nap, you can. But if you'd like to talk, you're certainly welcome to do so. On your marks, get set, go. All right, thank you. Well done, everyone. Thank you for either praying or having conversation. Well done. Let me, let me remind you the definitions of kindness and goodness, and let me tell you a story. Can I slide three and then four one more time? Kindness is an ability to serve others practically, which comes in a way which makes you vulnerable, which comes from having a deep inner security. And what is goodness? It's being the same person in every situation. Let me give you an example of this. There's a, a, a shy, introverted woman, so that would, be, that would be the goodness one. She's the same. She is shy and introverted, but she is, she is winsome and loving. She pays attention when you come to talk to her. She listens to you. She asks questions. So she is that way all the time. And then the, the first word is to serve in a tangible way that makes you vulnerable. So let me tell you about this woman. A friend of hers... Husband died quickly, unexpectedly. Just fell over dead. This also, these are I'm telling you all stories with mothers and, and, and girls, friends. This woman had a friend whose husband falls over dead of a heart attack. Has multiple little children. She prayed, how can I represent Jesus by being kind and good? So as a shy woman, but who's authentic, She went to her friend and said, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. How can I help? And the woman didn't know what to say. The woman whose husband died, and she just said, as an aside, I don't have anything to wear for the visitation or the funeral. So this woman just said, May I buy you two outfits? Now, I I don't know this, but I'm told that's an awkward conversation from one woman to another. She said, yes. So this woman goes to a store and buys something for the funeral visitation and something for the funeral and gives it to her friend. Some months after all the, the dust of pain and loss and tragedy had settled, this woman said to this woman, that was the most meaningful thing that anyone did for me after my husband died. She was good and kind. She represented Jesus. This week, could we be good and kind? Would you pray with me, please? Let's take a moment And again. Would you ask the Holy Spirit Is there a person, a place, a situation where you could represent Jesus by being good and kind this week? And if you have that person or situation in mind, Would you ask the Lord to give you the courage to take a risk, to step out in faith, to be like Him? As you think about that person or that situation, would you pray for that person's situation right now. Ask the Lord to go ahead of you and be preparing the way for whatever it is you're invited to do. So Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on us as good and kind ones in this region as it's done in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.